Edwin Frondozo on the Business Leadership Podcast every week for a unique program featuring insights and actionable items from the world's most successful business leaders. Hear firsthand the exclusive interviews and personal journeys on how today's transformational leaders made it to the top. Hey everybody, it's me, it's Edwin, and thank you for joining me for another episode of the Business Leadership Podcast. This is episode 28, and I'm happy to share the conversation I had with Vicki Saunders. Vicki, she's the founder of SheEO and Radical Generosity, a global initiative to radically transform how we support finance and celebrate female entrepreneurs. Vicki has co-founded and run ventures in Europe, Toronto, and Silicon Valley, and taken a couple public on the Toronto Stock Exchange. She was recently named one of the 100 most influential leaders of 2015 from EBW, Empowering a Billion Women. In 2001, Vicky was selected as a global leader for tomorrow by the World Economic Forum. It was truly inspiring speaking with her to find out what it takes to build a movement, build high-performance teams, and to keep pushing for more. Before getting started, I want to thank my media partners, IT World Canada, for the support of the podcast. Now enjoy the show. Welcome to the show, Vicky. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to to finally meet you. Can you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Tell us who you are, what you'd like to do when you're not creating and building businesses. Hi, I'm Vicky Saunders. I'm the founder of SheEO, and I've been an entrepreneur pretty much my whole life. And when I'm not... Uh, creating businesses. I'm thinking about creating businesses. I'm always thinking about this. This is just what I do. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And we'll get more into that as well. So why don't we just start off with your organization, CEO? Tell us your role and what you're trying to accomplish over there. Sure. Uh, so I'm the founder of CEO. I started it a few years ago. I We are here to solve the problem of how to get money into the hands of female innovators and then create a new support model uh, to help them grow their businesses. So it's a completely new design. Like if you step back and thought, how can we support female entrepreneurs on their own terms? Uh, how would you do that? And we've sort of pushed the reset button. So we use crowds, crowdsourcing and crowdfunding as kind of core elements of this. 500 women contribute $1,100 each. It's an act of radical generosity. They do not get their money back. It goes into a pooled fund. And then that money is loaned out to five female entrepreneurs at 0% interest. And it is paid back over five years back into the fund. And then it's, it's loaned out again to new female entrepreneurs. And our goal is to create a billion dollar fund, which is a million women, uh, activators that we call them, the ones who contribute the $1,100, a million women creating a billion dollar fund that will continue to loan out money for generations to come. So it's a perpetual fund. The money is loaned out, paid back into the fund and loaned out again, just constantly rolling. That's great. I mean, I, yeah. I think, I think you talk about, or you mentioned it. I mean, you, you call it radical. I think, I think it's even, generosity, yeah. yeah, I think it's, it's the tagline of it or, or the, the hashtag radical generosity. I'm really curious to know it. And, and it's very innovative because you're using new, new types of funding. You, you, you just, crowdsourcing crowdfunding mm -hmm. like where did the idea come from or that aha moment for this for you yeah well i you know i've been thinking about this for decades i you know i've witnessed obviously as a female entrepreneur how incredibly difficult it is to get funded 
the numbers have not really changed in the last couple of decades, and many would argue they're getting worse. And it's just, you know, how do we get money uh, to women? There's so many unconscious biases out there um, and some conscious biases. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's super tough. And so, you know, there's a few things there. One is, um, you know, how do we get money into the hands of female entrepreneurs? The reason that's not happening is oftentimes because most of the people writing checks are men and men mm-hmm. are having, they have different experiences in the world than women do. And so where women see a unique business opportunity because of their own experience, when they come forward and present it, you know, sometimes to uh, the men who are writing checks, they don't have the same experience, so they don't see the opportunity, right? It's just, it's literally as simple as that. Um, But the design for this really came from understanding that it's not just about the money. It's about how do we create support uh, and supportive ecosystems for, for women. And one of the things that we know is, you know, women have a harder time building networks. And so literally when you come into our network, if you're selected, you have an instant network of 500 women. Like you go from being kind of alone as a woman who gets selected into this at your early stage of your business to having 500 women on your team and you get to ask for help whenever you need to. So literally within 24 hours of someone uh, asking for help, they get what they need from our network. So it's sort of this on-demand network. They get a 0% interest loan. They get amazing world-class coaching. So it's just this whole wraparound support uh, based on radical generosity, which is a very, very different environment than the deeply unforgiving uh, business world that we live in right now. <laughs> hey, no, for sure, 100%. And what's really innovative and what's new and really refreshing is traditionally people raise money, either it's loan or seed or fee, and you, you'll just have a number or a handful of investors or advisors that are around you. But it sounds like if you're accepted to that, you have I mean, you mentioned it. You have 500 people. Are, are the people who have, who provide this radical generosity, are they very active as well? And, and obviously they want everyone to win, right? Yeah, we want everyone to win, not just one. Uh, and so the idea here is, so we've kind of de-risked the whole thing by making sure that it's not, you know, uh, reliant on two or three advisors to mm-hmm. make this work. So at any given time, someone's paying attention. But if, you know, the vast majority of the network isn't paying attention, that's fine too, because we have a hundred activators to every venture. So the ratio of a hundred to one is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, it's working out really well. There's always somebody paying attention. And if you're too busy uh, to be helping and you just want this to happen in the world and you make your contribution, that's fine. Mm-hmm. If you want to dig in and get really involved, you can do that too. It's very much about self-selection uh, and self-organizing in our network. No, that's great. I love it. I love that initiative. When did when did you launch that initiative? So we launched two years ago in 2015 in Canada, and we did a pilot with 500 women and five and selected five ventures. The ventures are all growing well beyond their uh, original plan. Some of them up to 500 percent revenue growth in the last 16, 18 months. So it's just been off the charts. Um, and then we did another round in Canada, and we did a first pilot in the U.S. So this year we're going to be across Canada across the entire U.S. and expanding to New Zealand. And uh, we have 150 regions around the world who have applied to replicate this. So wow. we are going global very quickly. That's amazing. And we're here to support. And, and we'll definitely send out the links and make sure everyone knows about this. Thank you. And to get involved, either applying for the fund or also being that radical generosity, is it mm-hmm. only female it is. Yeah. So we fund female entrepreneurs. So in order to apply, you need to have at least $50,000 in revenue the year that you apply, mm-hmm. be majority woman owned and woman led. 
And then you need to be able to articulate how you're creating a better world with your business. Right. So we're really looking for that social aspect. Um, and then to be an activator, uh, anyone can be an activator, uh, as long as they're a woman. <laughs> um, I suppose, you know, men have actually sponsored women into the network, which is nice, but all of the activators who participate in the network and do the voting are women. Oh, that's great. That's great. I, I had this question I put together and perhaps this program that you put together might actually fill up. It, it might be answering the question already, but I'll just pose it to you. It's basically, I was, I was wondering what, what was the most significant barrier to all these female entrepreneurs that you see? I mean, I, you mentioned support and funding. So is that, is that it? Yeah, I, I think there are a number of barriers that occur, you know, like, uh, so one of the barriers for sure is access to funding. It's like a huge problem. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that part we've taken care of. Another barrier is having access to networks. And so to all of a sudden have 500 women opening doors for you is a really big deal. Another barrier is getting early customers. And one of the things that this is designed to do is leverage the buying power of women. So women make 85% of purchasing decisions in the world. And wow. this is why we use, you know, when women are in this network, the women who contribute capital are the ones who are selecting the businesses. So we have crowdsourcing on the businesses. We don't have an expert panel picking the top five businesses. Everybody gets one vote. And so we're basing, you know, we're looking for what is the collective passion of the network. And if women are most passionate about those kinds of companies, they're likely to become customers and supporters. And even if we just became customers of these companies, they would thrive. And on top of that, they get a loan and then coaching and then access to the network. Where do you see the biggest challenge for the generation of women behind you or behind this program? Uh, there's so many challenges as an entrepreneur. <laughs> like it's, it's hard to even know where to start, right? I mean, it's a, it's a courageous act to launch a business from my perspective. It is very, very difficult to take an idea, get it to market, stick with it through all the tough times to grow a business. I think that's just a really courageous thing to do. Mm -hmm. And so to be surrounded by people who want to encourage you instead of try to pull you down um, you know, like I, when I witness, um, especially how we are to female entrepreneurs, I just feel like we pick at them all the time. We're not bold enough. We're not confident enough. Uh, we don't, we're not dreaming big enough. And I'm like, uh, you know, like it's just, it's very difficult. And so to be surrounded by people who are encouraging you and saying, Hey, you're an inventor. You're unbelievable. You may not have strong business chops, but no problem. You can hire that person. Right. The hard part's coming up with the invention. Right. Whereas when I witness someone who doesn't have strong business background and is an inventor who's a woman, you know, we're like, oh, well, she doesn't have any, you know, she doesn't know what she's doing. And I'm like, that's the easy part to hire. Right. Like, just go get an operations person. That's right. Um, but I noticed that we treat men and women differently. And from my own experience, that's what I've witnessed. And so, you know, there's lots of other challenges that uh, female entrepreneurs face. For myself, I'll speak. I had a really hard time building my confidence. Oh. I thought very differently than lots of other people. My instincts were almost the opposite of most of the things I saw around me, mm -hmm. which is, of course, how I came up with such a different idea, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. but it took me a long time to trust that uh, the way I saw the world was right, you know, because it was so different. I couldn't find people who I'd say something. They'd be like, what? That's not the way things are. Right. Um, right. And so it just took me a while to believe in that, you know, and so I think that's something that happens more with women than men, or it certainly happened more with me. And so we pay attention to that. And we encourage you to realize that there is no right way to do anything. That's right. There is no right answer. Uh, and to trust your gut. 
Great. And and it's and interesting I- that you're you're running CEO and because I I read in a past interview or an article that you actually never wanted to do a gender related organization oh or, or initiative. So, so what changed your yeah. mind, Vicky? Oh man, I really didn't want to do this. Well, no, I grew up with a family full of boys and I understood exactly what happens when you point out what's not working or what seems unfair. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you get relegated to the corner pretty quickly. And so I, you know, the last thing I wanted to do was to be sidebarred. Oh, that's just a woman's thing. Like blowing that off. Right. And, um, and also, you know, I think a, a lot of women who are very ambitious, which I am very ambitious, uh, don't, you know, they want to make it in the world we're in. But, you know, after heaps of experience and many, many startups and taking a company public, uh, I realized that no matter what I did, it was never really good enough for mm-hmm. the existing model. And I started to understand that the world that we're living in was not designed by us or for us. So surprise, surprise, it's not working so well sometimes. So I, I just decided that I see a massive massive business opportunity in funding people who look at the world differently and who are coming up with products and services for 50% of the population that no one else is paying attention to. You're a student on creating high performance teams. I mean, you focus on culture, value, critical to driven excellence and personal and business potential. Can you share with us some of the key learnings you've had in this space and how can, how can you apply it today? Yeah, this is a really big one. So, I mean, I believe I learned this from a friend of mine uh, many years ago that your team uh, equals product. So whatever's going on in your team shows up in the product. And if your team is in a high functioning, high performing team of excellence, it shows up in your product is just reflects what the team is. So the more time you spend on your team and how it works and um, how fluid it is, that will show up in your product and you'll have an excellent product. And if you have a crappy team, you have a crappy product. So making sure that you understand how people learn, um, how to make sure they're in the right place in the organization for them to thrive uh, is incredibly important. And I remember years ago when I watched people doing performance evaluations, for example, and they'd be like, you know, Vicki, you're great at these three things, but you're terrible at these four things. Can you like really work on the four things? Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, in my company, I'd be like, Hey, you're great at these three things. You're terrible at these four things. Please never, ever, ever again, do those four things. Right. <laughs> right. Like don't try and get a little bit better at something that you suck at focus on the stuff you're really good at, and then find people in the team who are energized by and masterful at the stuff that you're not and build that way. But I think we're stuck in old structures that say, the role requires this whole skill set. And if you don't have it, you know, work on the stuff you're not good at. That just creates mediocrity from my perspective. So I pay a ton of attention to where are people energized and thriving uh, and working on their mastery because you get positive feedback and great results when you're doing that. And when you're not, it's hard. And so I've just learned that, you know, when you're working on what you're amazing at, it comes with ease and it energizes you. And I want a team full of people doing that because otherwise it's hard work. And it's tough. Right. And you mentioned that you learned this from someone. So was that a mentor? And, and was that within early in your career? Or, or were you like fumbling at, at working on things that you oh were really God, good yeah. at? I know. I mean, like, I did not come to the planet understanding all this stuff, right? Like, it's I'm a learner. And so I read tons of books. And uh, one of our CEO coaches, Mary Jane Ryan, uh, has written 13 books around all this kind of stuff. And it's just amazing. And so I've learned a ton from her. I've learned a ton from lots of different people and synthesized it into my own sort of understanding of how to do this. 
Um, but you know, paying attention to your thinking talents, uh, and understanding what you're good at and how you think and what kind of environment helps you to thrive is critical. Like your personal awareness is at, like, I think it's the reason why we're here, no matter what we're here to do, it's to learn about who we are and how we can reach our potential and paying attention to that is critical. And so making sure you have a culture that pays attention to that and encourages people to reach their potential only makes your product or service better. And it also keeps people really happy. Understanding your team equals your product. I guess outside of that, what's one thing that you could share that, that you wish you, you wish you knew before? Um, well, I would, the biggest thing I wish I knew before is that, um, you know, the way, what I felt to be true for me is right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Like I think I spent a lot of time second guessing myself, uh, when I looked at the world and I'm like, wow, this seems really broken and kind of brutal. And why do we do things this way? Uh, instead of letting everyone convince me that quote unquote, this is the way it is. Uh, I wish I knew that like we made all of this up. We can change it. Right. Like we're living in a world right now that's, I mean, basically we're in version 1.0 and we can do a lot better. So we've got a planet where five people have the same wealth as three and a half billion people. Nuts. Um, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Like we need a whole new economic model. Let's get on it. And so this is one of the reasons with CEO that we're looking for new mindsets and new models and new solutions that create a better world. That's what we're really passionate about funding. You mentioned that you're, I mean, obviously you're a serial entrepreneur, you, you, you're a mentor, advisor, you, you work with next generation change makers, and you're leading advocate for entrepreneurs. So I'm really curious to hear what the key challenges are for entrepreneurs. I mean, given the access to tools, resources, and capital today, and I know you talked about, um, it, it's just hard being an entrepreneur and it's, and it's being encouraged. I guess maybe to refrain it is, is what else could be done to help these entrepreneurs? Yeah, well, I, I think the most important thing, if you're thinking about becoming an entrepreneur or you are an entrepreneur, that you get in a uh, relationship with other entrepreneurs, right? So if you're thinking about being an entrepreneur, go find some entrepreneurs and hang with them. Listen to them, watch how they act, um, learn from them, roll up your sleeves and offer to help. See if it's right for you. Um, being connected to other people who are doing things that you want to do is really important. If you're in a circle full of, if you want to be an entrepreneur and you're surrounded by people who are telling you to go get a job because it's more secure, <laughs> that's not going to help you too much, right? So really get into the stew, uh, get connected with others who are like what you want to be and maybe a little bit ahead of you to stretch you. That's just extremely important. I think it's, it's, um, you know, I'm constantly, I use this phrase of like cleaning my closets, but I'm constantly cleaning my closets of people who bring me down, who are, uh, you know, being negative about what I'm trying to create in the world. Cause I have enough voices in my head telling me it's hard. <laughs> I don't need anyone else telling me it's hard. No, that- uh, and so, you know, having that positive support around you is really critical. That's great. I, I, lo- I love that token, clean, cleaning your, your, your closets. closets. <laughs> um, <laughs> In terms of finding those um, those circles or the circles of influences or, or these positive people to to be around, what did you do earlier in your career to to find the, that tribe of yours or those people? Yeah, and I, I'm I've always been sort of bold, and so I you know if I read an amazing book, I'd like email the author. Nice. I'd find out how to get to them, and I'd write. I I got very very good at writing at really interesting can I have five minutes of your time emails? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I would, you know, boldly reach out and every once in a while someone reaches out to you. Um, and so if you, if you can compel that person in a certain way uh, that they 
may be interested in, you know, giving you a few minutes to talk. You, and then, you know, you, you do a good job of engaging with them on the phone. You might get 15 minutes or 20 minutes or they might make an introduction. Um, one of my favorite things that I learned, and I don't know where I, I learned this, but it was great. And I shared all the time, which is when I meet somebody who I have an instant connection with and I'm like, oh, my God, this person is going like, to be my best friend forever. They're so helpful. They're uh, they're just awesome. The first thing I do is say, who are the five people like you? from your network that I don't already know. And so it's a way of, that's how I built my tribe by finding people who are kind and radically generous and open and curious and learners and in their mastery and super engaged by life. I'm surrounded by tons of those people now because I've asked each of them to introduce me to other people like that. That's, that's like the tip of the day. I love that. Thank you for totally. sharing. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. It's obvious that you're, 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 you're obviously passionate about, uh, building that strong ecosystem for social entrepreneurs in Canada, in the world. I think you were an advisor at Mars, the mm -hmm. office of social entrepreneur enterprise with the Ontario government, Ryerson, uh, everything to aim to drive wealth creation, positive change in, in Canada. So I'm really curious to see from your point of view, what are you seeing in Canada now that that's doing well and what more can be done? Oh, I, I'm super pumped about Canada these days. I think Canada is in that, like, it's a really cool time to be from Canada. Uh, we have a great uh, feminist leader. There's something definitely that's different in the water supply these days in a good way, not in a bad way, <laughs> um, which is there's this entrepreneurial spirit that didn't exist 20 years ago. Like when I, in the 90s, um, when I was getting started as an entrepreneur, it was so not a cool thing to do. You're like, what? You're going to be an entrepreneur? What? Can't you get a job? You know, it was a really interesting time. And now it's just this like fantastic time to be an entrepreneur. Everyone wants to create something, get out there and do their own thing. So I think there's tons of supports. There's incubators and accelerators. There's programs popping up. There's lots of people you can reach out to on social media and plug into and find out what they're doing and take them for a coffee. Like it's just, there's entrepreneurship is everywhere. And, uh, you know, to me, when I look at the world, I think that like absolutely everything's broken. And I also think that's a great time to be alive. So everything's broken. What a great time to be alive. If you're an entrepreneur uh, or a creator or a maker, this is an amazing time to be out there because there's so many things to fix and to change. So just, you know, find someone who inspires you, reach out to them, uh, ask them for some support, ask them a specific question, uh, and then just start building your network. Right. No, that's great. It, it is is definitely a, a great time in terms of being in Canada. And, and you you have a global presence. So do you get into conversations when you're talking about Canada as an entrepreneur spirit now? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of, as I mentioned, it's kind of a cool time to be from Canada. Right. I also often start my conversations because everyone thinks I'm American to say, hey, by the way, I'm from Canada. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's, you know, like the flag on the backpack thing that people have used over the years is now becoming like the cool kids club. So yeah, it's nice. That's awesome. I mean, you mentioned earlier, you read a ton when you were learning and growing as a business leader. And I'm finding through the podcast, many business leaders, executive entrepreneurs, they're always learning, whether mm -hmm. it's from a mentor or advisor, a coach or reading. So I'm really curious. And it's something I'm starting to do is what are you reading now that, uh, that that's that's got you hooked or something that inspired you sure i just finished a book called emergent strategy which is fantastic uh, just around movements and 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 how you create movements or 
how you work together collaboratively to change the world. I also read a book called Donut Economics by Kate Raworth, which I thought was wicked. Uh, really just like what's the new economic model that the world needs. Loved it. So there are a couple I just read in the last couple of weeks. Oh, I've always got a few books on the go. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's definitely, uh, definitely for sure. And I'll put, I'll post those books as well. Um, okay. In, in terms of that, I'm, I'm trying to build a list. So uh, a lot of the listeners are wondering what people are, are reading as well. So that's great. Well, I, I'll just add one more to that, which is oh. Traction by Gina Wickham. If you haven't read that, Traction is it's like the book we follow for the methodology for running our business. And it's what a ton of startups are using these days. It's very, very effective uh, in this fast paced world where you have to be highly adaptable. Who are your mentors, Vicky, or, or your your leadership influences now? I have so many mentors. Uh, you know, we have a network full of all these incredible women at all ages and stages who are just, you know, lit up about changing the world. And so I find mentorship in almost every conversation I'm in. There's so much support um, that I, I just love learning from people. And mm-hmm. so uh, I don't have one specific person that I go to. I have a lot of different people that I tap into. Oh, that's great. That's uh, you have a community in that tribe. And, and I think the key, the key word that you said there was just, just being open to people's suggestions. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, willing to accept and like listening deeply to each other. You just never know where the next great thing is going to come from. Uh, and so I'm, I'm talking to my 14 year old nephew, who's a tech genius kid. I understand about every seventh word he says, but I'm like spending time with him. Um, and I, you know, hang out with 75 year old grandmothers who have so much wisdom. It just blows your mind and everything in between. Like I just, I'm, I'm pretty excited about people. That's great. Fun question, Vicky. If I were to ask any of your team, colleagues, or peers, what is the best leadership quality you possess? Uh, what, what do you think they would say? Get to action. <laughs> <laughs> Just get, get, get to work, get to action? Yeah, there's like literally net. From the moment that I think of something to getting into action, there's like no space. It's just immediate. So I'd say that's one of my strongest skill sets. And also my greatest weaknesses, like every great strength you have, it usually has a shadow side. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I... I jump very quickly when I decide to do something. So oh, that's a it. good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing. It is because you might be jumping all the time, right? Yep. Had a, having a blast, Vicky. But before we end, I'd love to get some of your final thoughts, observations, and realistically, some type of actionable recommendations that you can share to any entrepreneur or growing executive or women leaders that are, that are listening today. One piece of advice. So you want or three. Okay. Or three. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, I, number one thing, question that I get asked is, am I doing this right? So I would like to start by saying there is no right way to do anything. So stop clicking on those articles that say the seven books you need to read to get to success, the five things you need to be a great leader. It's all kind of BS. Uh, you have to find your own path and do not follow anyone else's. It's not your... You, Everybody is different and there is no right way to do anything. So that's my number one. Um, my, the other thing, which I would never have listened to if I'd said this to myself when I was getting started, but I'm going to say it anyway, is breathe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Whenever you're stressed, uh, if you take three deep breaths, you can't be stressed at the same time as taking three deep breaths. And so it just gives you some space uh, when you think like the world is falling apart just start breathing. Um, and I have learned this It's just like such a simple, simple thing, but it makes a world of difference. Uh, and then the third thing is I, I just learn everything you can about yourself. 
be incredibly vigilant and like there's nothing more important to achieve than understanding what works for you, what you're great at, what environment is it helps you thrive. Because the sooner you know that, the sooner you can put yourself in a place to be and reach your potential. That's great. I love that you had three actionable items. So to close, Vicky, please just tell us where we can find more information about you, CEO, or any yep. organizations that you're part of. Cool. So our website is www.sheeo that's s-h-e-e-o dot world sheeo dot world no dot com just dot world uh, we're also on Twitter Facebook Instagram LinkedIn um, you can find me everywhere awesome well looking forward to seeing you hit your goal of a million uh, women and yes. thank you for joining us on the Business Leadership Podcast thanks for having me That's it, folks. Thanks for listening to episode number 28 of the Business Leadership Podcast with Vicki Saunders. It was great having Vicki on the show. I loved her tip on trusting your own gut and the fact that there is no right way. I mean, how many of us actually click that link to find out what all the successful people do? I mean, I'm, I'm guilty. To learn more about Vicki, CEO, and her Radical Generosity campaign, please go to thebusinessleadership.com slash 028. I truly love getting messages from you, so please continue. Contact me directly via email to edwin at thebusinessleadership.com and let me know how I'm doing or just say hello. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe on iTunes, Google, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you again. Until next time, Edwin signing off. Thank you for listening to the Business Leadership Podcast at thebusinessleadership.com.